Welcome to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, it's it's summertime, so it means road trips. It does. This is a program all about road trips. It's not really about road trips. I guess I guess those road trips don't include little kings and things like that anymore. No. Wow. <laughs> that's Well, that's a well, Cincinnati ofi- cream ofi- ale. Ofi- officially, yeah. yeah. I don't that's, know how many people around here even know what a little king well, is. Well, let's get some good stories about that one. Uh, no, we won't. What <laughs> the point of this program was meant to be before I opened that door was meant to be mobile food. In other words, in the summertime, you're always headed off to somewhere. You're packing up a picnic. You're packing up for the softball game. You're packing up to take things to a barbecue or the beach. Someone's child has to use this water slide a thousand times or <laughs> you're headed to the beach. Exactly. Lunch on the beach. What What do you do? What's a, what's a good idea? What's smart in those different situations? You know, that's... Will your children eat anything besides peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? <laughs> well, I is think there something there for you as well? Mm-hmm. So that mobile yeah, food, definitely mobile food. So besides little kings on the road trips, yeah, to Cincinnati yeah. for yeah. Cindy in college. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> those were the days. Yeah, well, let, me tell, lot, you. let me tell you, you're a lot more responsible <laughs> now. And yeah. we're all glad for it. I'm not 19 anymore. So anyway, no. uh, just a little bit older than that. I think one of the things to stay away from is mayonnaise. <laughs> I have is to say. A, is this a rule I think for it's life? A, it's a warning. <laughs> it's a mayonnaise warning. No, mostly I think it's just a, a matter of realizing that unless you're really icing down that cooler super, super, super well and... You know, you're you're certain well, you're cold for a long period of time. You have to watch the danger zone, which is between 45 and 145 degrees, and you do not want to be in there. So, so the, the, le- the lecture begins and ends with making sure that the food is safe. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm I mean, it just took that all that the sexiness out of the conversation. But the fact is, you know, that's one of the perils of taking food to the local barbecue at the friend's house or to the beach where you're in the blazing sun. Um, you know, you just have to be super conscious of how you're keeping, keeping that product out cold. Of direct sun. Right, right. And are you keeping at a temperature? Mm-hmm. So not, we've talked about it. Be safe. We have we've talked about it now, and you you just have to figure that part out. But I mean, I, I think one of the things that that is fun to take is fruit. You know, things that are not prepared. You know, apples, bananas, grapes, bunches of grapes. You know, things like that that are. Um, just going to be nice, cool anyway. Uh, cured meats, smoked meats, those are things that, you know, uh, m- will do better. Um, uh, and maybe, you know, you pre-slice them, you package them up, and they're ready to go. Obviously, cheese, these are things that are, you know, nice and um, easy to deal with as well. Uh, you know, obviously, you're going to do all the preparation ahead of time. And and um, and I think I think having balanced nutritious food is also important. So you're out, you are out in the sun. You need lots of, um, uh, especially if you are at the beach, you want hydration. So, so whether for, you, you tell me if it's for the beach or for a park somewhere, but go ahead and pack pack that cooler. Tell me what you're taking. Okay, I think for the beach, I would definitely take lots of. I would go the fruit. I would have watermelon, um, high water content fruit. Um, cantaloupe, honeydew, anything like that, grapes. Um, I would want things that were refreshing. I would probably um, even think about doing some 
fresh juices that are frozen and put into ice cube form and packed and, um, you know, that's eventually going to melt. But, you know, if you if you're drinking that pretty quickly, you can also use those for mixers, for drinks, for adults. Um, but, you know, frozen product is really good way to go. Uh, helps to keep the cooler cold as well. And um, I might bring some things like chilled shrimp, you know, something that's easy to eat, that's fun to eat, that you think of, and it comes from the water. You're already at the beach. Um, maybe uh, uh, some grilled calamari that was tossed in olive oil with a little bit of fresh herbs, things like that. I'm, I'm not thinking of children necessarily, obviously, with something like that. But um, if you have adventure, adventurous children, calamari, yeah. okay, good. Um, so, uh, you know, things like that, um, things that are light, uh, not, you know, and I would probably pack some sort of great ham and slices of thin ham. Um, Sopraceta. I love spicy sopraceta. So that's kind of fun. You're getting something that's a little spicy. Um, I would consider taking pureed avocado, uh, leave the pit in, make sure the plastic is right on top of the avocado, uh, that you have a lid on it, that it's well well held, but um, that's going to do well. Some sort of relish would do well, maybe tomatoes, maybe chimichurri, the way that we make it with uh, tomato and fresh herbs, basil, thyme, uh, Italian flat leaf parsley, a little bit of shallot, garlic, and extra virgin olive oil. You could put a little bit of acid in. We sometimes put raspberry vinegar in or fresh lime juice. Um, grilled chicken breast, sliced, ready to go. If you have the chimichurri, you can do a lot of different things with the chimichurri or any kind of relish like that where, you know, maybe you have a little bit of pork loin left over from dinner from the night before. You slice it super thin um, and then you have the chimmy for it. Um, it's a little messy maybe, but um, I'm sure you're going to use plates and things. So Sandwiches are a pretty efficient way, but I know you're not a sandwich eater. I'm not a sandwich so person. I was very curious. That's why I asked you first. To, so I did know sandwiches. pack that cooler. So you got things that so- sounds like the big detail that you need is you need some kind of a surface to do things on. You know, that's some kind of a little table or something like that that is not in the sand that mm-hmm. where you can sort of lay things out and assemble them well, and put plates together. And I tend to think of picnics. I mean, I, I, I would hesitate to take a picnic to the beach because, you know, just because of the sand and all that that you're talking about. Um, so, I mean, if I was going to have a picnic, I would you would be somewhere on land that you wouldn't have to deal with anything other than probably bugs and things. And, um, you know, you would lay everything out. And or hopefully... bears, maybe. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I tend to think of picnics on dry land, not on the sand. I don't really think sand. But... And awful anyway. lot of people do that this time of the oh, year. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And they're looking for your advice, Cindy Wolf. Oh, boy. Lemonade all the way in a cooler and a thermos. Iced tea. There you go. What, do, what would you do, Tony? For the beach or yeah, for going for the beach. To, to a park? The beach, um, I'm with you on the cold stuff, no question. I'm with you on the fruit, no question. Drinks with lots of fruit, that sort of thing, I think is great. I sort of assembled sandwiches like last minute sort of a thing, I think is a good idea. I'm thinking about literally packing the thing with like little square compartments. So you have one with that... Searing off chicken breast on the bone and then slicing it next day nice and thin, laying it in there stacked up, already all seasoned, ready to go. Having cheese, you know, sway of semantala or something, something that's soft-ish at least. Um, I'm, the no mayonnaise thing I'm with you on, I, I can't go no mustard. I can't live without Dijon mustard. That's on my, like, short list. If it, it goes away, it's like the sun goes out. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it's like German DNA or something. I just I need sharp mustard. 
Um, although the chimichurri is being a, is a bit of a condiment. all-purpose condiment mm-hmm. in that situation, I think it's terrific. You've you got to have good bread. And bread that you can actually deal with. It can't be all like crusty baguette or something that things are going to fall out of. Because you're going to be the guy standing there in your swimming trunks, like with your hair dripping, starved. And you finally, they finally, you get a sandwich or something that's just been put together. And it's it's this fantastic roasted chicken. It's got chimichurri on it. Maybe it's got, uh, you know, Asiago cheese or something on there. And it's got some olives on there or like a pepper relish or something. You know, interesting, fun, easy, not going to be scary, coming out of the danger zone, going to be good textures. And you just put it together and you just pick it up. And if it's baguette or something, you know everything's going to go sliding out into the sand. <laughs> and you're going to like, then you're going to have that moment of questioning whether or not you're going to be picking things out of the sand <laughs> because you're so hungry, you know. And that's terrible. And that would be a great sandwich. Huh. Uh-huh. A little roasted pepper slaw. Oh, yeah. The chimichurri, Sounds the good. grilled chicken business. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that, you can make. Col- you could I think I think it's that like put it together, put it together, easy, put it together, really interesting sandwich kind of thing. That's I think where I would head towards because the having lots of things on a plate means having a plate for a, a length of time in your hands and a fork and having a place to put that down. That's going to be your lap anyway. I guess you're going to go in the, back in the surf and wash the, the coleslaw off of your swim trunks. I prefer the idea of a picnic at a ski slope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're not in that time of the year. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, that would be like hot chocolate and terrine foie gras and all kinds of good stuff. No one is having terrine foie gras at the <laughs> beach. Would. No, but it, it, in a ski resort in the wintertime. It's just thought for the future, you know. But anyway... Did you have any How of those Cincinnati cold- cream ales before we started recording this program? <laughs> How about a lobster lobster salad, too? That would be good. Lobster salad would be That would be, be fun at the beach. Okay, so let's do that. I was waiting I was waiting for you to pop out that. Maybe that, lemon verbena and. That, the 80s idea of like the pasta salad, but you know Ugh. what? Really? No. They're really, there are good ones or, or some well, kind of a grain sure, thing like a quinoa or. Mm-hmm. Or a lentil salad, but with with a protein to make it like a hearty. I like the idea of a lentil salad with. because yeah, that would be good. A little lemon and aged sherry vinegar and good extra virgin olive oil and a little garlic and shallot and a little fresh herbs in there and maybe well. And if you have the grilled sliced chicken breast, that would be great with that. And that would be nice cold. It would just somehow feel refreshing. But as you say, it's giving you some good protein. Yeah, maybe you could also put poached albacore tuna in there or. If you want it as a vegetarian thing, maybe artichoke bottoms or something like that mm-hmm. would work in that situation. So how do you how do you deal with pastry at the beach? You hmm. know, because you know that like kids are going to want a cookie. I'm definitely going to want a well, cookie. Well, that's a good solution. Cookies. You know, that's something, something that can handle the the humidity though. So you I know, saw someone this is once not the take, time a, for take an entire cake out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow! Like have a fistful of banana cream pie. You know? Huh? Yeah. No, I think... Although I think that's actually the kind of thing. It's cookies. funny. Now that I think about it, you could use little containers of some sort. And if you had little containers, like a little plastic dish or something that you could put all the elements of banana cream pie into, what do you <laughs> think? Does that work, Chef? Sure. Why not? Do you like banana cream pie, Chef? Not particularly. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That's her <coughs> I hate banana cream pie laugh. Mm-hmm. And people who mention it. No. So for dessert, b- besides cookies and, of course, the abundance of fruit 
the Eden-esque fruit. That Too bad we can't have ice cream at the beach. <gasps> popsicles. Why can't you? Maybe have you ice can cream make your own popsicles and freeze those. Maybe that's what you should do. Freeze, like you know, do vanilla ice cream, put it on a stick, and dip it in chocolate. Make your own chocolate-covered popsicles. That's funny. See, I was thinking Campari popsicles. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good too. You could make le- le- that's a perfect time to make a fruit sorbet too. I mean, if you can keep it cold, but I don't know that that's reasonable. Maybe no. maybe your picnic is you know you have a condo right near well, that's you what, somewhere a hotel room near you and you can actually run up. But it sure would be nice to have sorbet. Just go ahead and get off the beach. That's just everything <laughs> yeah, is really. Why are we on the beach? <laughs> everything is to avoid being like. But that's not that's not the question. People like to be on the beach and they want to hmm. be out there and play and throw frisbees and and play volleyball and you know eat sandwiches. I mean, like, what else do you take as a snack? Pretzels. <laughs> Pretzels are reasonable. <laughs> or pickles. You walk around with like a great big dill pickle. Oh, well, that's a good idea. I could tell you how to make some pickles. Have you got a pickle recipe? I do. Okay. Because so... you know what? This is a really good time of the year for it. <laughs> it's going to be a decent season. I just talked to some of the Eastern Shore guys. Oh, good. And uh, and their picnic cucumbers are going to start to come in. So how about a worthwhile pickle recipe? Even though you reject the idea of eating at the beach, for all those of us who would like to make our own pickles... And eat at the beach. Help us out. Okay. So pickles, wash them well, quarter them if they're good size. If not, slice them. So you can go either way. Uh, Vinegar, sugar, water, pickling spice. And you can either make your own pickling spice or there are plenty out there you can buy that are really, really good. Um, I like one that has some spicy peppers in it because you like that tone. Coriander usually is in there. Um, all kinds of good stuff, nutmeg, et cetera, allspice. Um, but you want a good ratio of vinegar, water to sugar. So, Garlic? I don't put garlic in mine, but you certainly can. I prefer a sweet pickle. Um, so if you are doing, certainly if you're doing a tart pickle, um, I would put garlic in there, actually, now that you say that. Um, and probably add a little bit of extra bay leaf to it, because I think that's a very good tone as well. And um, yeah, and, and the great thing about making pickles is just, if you're not actually preserving them, if you're just making them for the day or whatever, um, uh, bring that liquid up to a boil and uh Turn it down onto a very low simmer. Add your pick, your cucumbers, pickling cucumbers, and um, let them steep probably for two or three minutes, where it's actually got some activity, some heat underneath it, and then just turn it off. And um, you know, it's sort of the bigger the slice, the longer you need to cook it, and then just drain and and um, you have pickles. It's a little faster than having them in the pickle bottle for a month. Yes. Well, when we come back on Former Wolf on Food and Wine. We're going to move past pickles and do a little more detailed mobile food. And the third segment, we're going to get into a chef's challenge. All of that on WYPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And so we're mobile, right? Right. So what if what if we you were going to have a picnic on land? We've kind of done the beach thing now. Land, beach is land, <laughs> by the way. Away from the water, land, <laughs> land in the middle of a forest. Although there might be a stream running through it with trout that you could. Yeah, picnic at a luxury hotel. I know. <laughs> I, I hate picnic. 
the um, uh, w- one thing I was thinking about is you're taking a lot that long drive. You're taking that that drive across the country or whatever because you wanted to see, you know, the mesas or something or other interesting topographical <laughs> names that I can't think of at the moment. <laughs> uh, all through the Southwest, and and you have a cooler and you have food in that cooler. What what are you packing? How are you staying alive? You know, you got a seven hour drive. You pull over under a shade tree or something, and what are you gonna? What is it gonna be? What do you want? You're a, traveling with a, a very grilled, serious gourmand of a friend. A grilled right? beef tenderloin sandwich. There you go. See, I said the word sandwich. So that's gonna be on some serious bread. Um, <clears throat> since it's not on the beach, mm-hmm. since you're on land and not the beach. Yes, exactly, and um, and since it's in a cooler in a car, it's going. I'm going to make macaroni salad for sure. So mayonnaise free. Yeah, macaroni, olive oil, fresh tomato, basil, a little bit of shallot, red onion, mm, maybe a little jalapeno, just for fun. Did I say tomatoes? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you have a little pasta salad going. You asked for it. You asked for it. Um, I and, knew I was going to get it. And a little, uh, you need some sort of acid. And I think I would just use lime in this case with those ingredients. And then I would have. Do you leave all the ingredients in a container and then add no, the dressing? No, they're all ready to go. I would make it so that it was so delicious. It's, so it's been marinating. Yeah, I would just make it so you knew it was going to sit. That's the that's the thing that sort of you like fool that torments me is the if it's been marinating for X number of hours, you know, what, what sort of a product do you actually end up with? Does that acid break down the – I think you have to be careful about, like, having – you have to have enough salt to make it appropriate, but that can kind of build up on you and bring a lot of water out of those tomatoes. I, I'm just – it's it's a sort of an odd situation because I'm, maybe I'm fussy about food. How do you keep the, you know, mm-hmm. the acid from breaking down the, the pasta? <laughs> It'll be okay, Tony. It okay. will be okay. Am I holding a little tight? Uh-huh. I think so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. I just calm I down. Worry about these calm things. down. It's cross country travel. Yeah, it's true. Just pull into. Uh, oh, and I think with the beef tenderloin, even if you didn't want to put it on bread, you could just make an olive relish. So now we have another relish. So we have niçoise olives, hand chopped with capers, a little Spanish extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of pepper, and you could put some chives in there, but you probably wouldn't like those chives by the time you got across uh, the country. Brown. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, they would not be. And just keep it cold, <laughs> serve that with the thin slices of the grilled beef tenderloin. Gosh, that, that, that sounds good to me. And then you have your little pasta salad action going. And you can make a potato salad again, you know, another sort of traditional thing that we eat. M- or you could, make a, you could make a Napa cabbage salad as well, which would... Something heavy like beef would be nice to have a slaw. Yeah. So I think the Napa cabbage with um, a little bit of your, your favorite, mustard. So you could put a little bit of mustard on yes. the Napa cabbage, a little bit of, again, a good oil, not too heavy, um, not too strongly flavored, extra virgin, salt and pepper. And um, you really don't need anything else. You could just make a slaw with that. It sounds like the kind of lunch where I wish I was pulling up outside of a very good local brewery that I was just finding out about mm. in you know, North Dakota or something, mm-hmm. and uh, and then and having have having a, having a car nap after lunch, beer with your yeah yeah, and I would definitely have 
pieces of cheese. I just I think cheese are it's just it's going to travel well. Um, I would I would cut it and just have it if if you feel like you can't handle cutting it in the car or whatever. I would just go ahead and cut it and just put it back together and wrap it well, and I think it'll be okay. I mean, it's obviously not ideal. Yeah, but, that's um, that's the thing is it, what's in my mind is all of the you know having everything kind of like ready completely. To go. Yeah. yeah, compartmentalized, well, ready to go. Right. So it's just a grab and deal with it kind of well, thing. Well, and you certainly, don't have a mess. certainly with something like the pasta salad, you could just put the dressing in um, a container, shake it up, and and pour it over. But I, you know, do you really want to deal with that when you're in a car? And you know, so but you could. It just depends on you know. Again, do you have little children? And what what is your situation? Can you dress a salad going around a bend? You know. <laughs> If you think texting and driving is not safe, so what would you just try dressing you, a salad? <laughs> what would you have for the for the car meal? For the car, hmm. I, my problem with sandwiches. Well, sandwiches are kind of easy because I'm a pretty easy like smoked turkey, Swiss, Dijon mustard. Give me some kind of worthwhile whole grain. I wish it was toasted. I couldn't. I couldn't be though. That's the thing that would make me slightly sad. I don't know that there's a mobile toaster or a car toaster. There probably is actually. I'm sure there's a website that has a car toaster of some sort that you plug in on your uh, <laughs> on your dashboard, kill your battery, and leave yourself in the desert for toasting your bread. You know, you could always <laughs> make a chilled—I'm interrupting your idea, but you could always make a chilled soup, too. And that would be nice because, you know, whether it's cucumber or um, or melon soup that's just, you know, a tasty and refreshing. A thermos full of vichyssoise. Oh, that sounds there good to go. me. Vichyssoise, sure, why not? Or something lighter like cucumber soup, or you could do cucumber avocado soup, which gives it a little bit of, bit of body. Now the whole the whole world is most. I think that folks know vichyssoise, but vichyssoise. Once you explain it for one second, what is the classic? It's chilled potato and leek soup. So, to make vichyssoise, you would saute onions, maybe a little bit of shallot. Uh, the white part of leeks, and actually I use a little bit of the green part too. It's really good for you, so why not? Um, saute that in butter. Add light chicken stock, Yukon gold potatoes in large pieces, and a little bit of cayenne pepper. I usually put a pinch of nutmeg in and a little bit of cream to finish and salt and pepper and let that work for probably 20, 25 minutes on a low simmer until the potatoes are tender and and all the flavors have come together. And then it's pureed and strained and chilled. And that is vichyssoise. So that's pretty rich, but gosh, that could be um, a lot of fun. And, and you don't have any meat, really meat product other than the chicken stock in there. So that's kind of good too for thinking about it being in a cooler. Yeah, that's pretty satisfying. Well, I just said, literally said a thermos. If you chilled a thermos down properly, yeah, yeah, you know, you'd hold temp pretty well on that guy. Yeah, and I was thinking gazpacho, but I think that would suffer over hours. You know, gazpacho has too much acid in it, and it would break down. But if you're going on a quick, quick trip, it might be fun to make gazpacho. Um, and again, you can, if you feel like having seafood around, you know, you could have crab meat, or you could have lobster meat, or or that chilled sounds, shrimp ready to that go. That sounds like the right beach soup. Actually. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be fun, and that that's good for you too. And it has a lot going on, so I think that might be fun to have gazpacho. All right, Tony. So, with the picnic on the beach, you know, what would we be drinking? What do you? What ideas do you have? Well, it ne- one, it needs to be legal. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, sometimes they don't want glass containers either, so that's something you have to think about. So, all things being all things being okay, um, cold rosé is awfully good to have on the beach. No question. Vino verde. 
I would be careful that it wasn't something that had a whole lot of alcohol to it. One of the nice things about Vino Verde, uh, which is the like slightly underripe white wine from uh, Portugal, from the coast, is that the alcohol is usually 10, 11%. So when you're, you're, you're hot, you feel yeah. the sun, you yeah. want to refresh yourself, you honestly don't want to be super intoxicated. No, <laughs> definitely not. You know, if you're drinking a California Chardonnay that's 14.8% alcohol, it's going to hit you a lot harder and faster. And honestly, it's going to be a little bit sort of sloppier than, uh, you know, not not as anywhere near as refreshing as something like the Vino Verde or uh, Albrino. That's a little more alcohol there, but again, a really, really bright style. Uh, I always like Vermentino in that kind of situation. Vermentino, the best usually see from Sardinia, uh, sometimes in the, the coast of Tuscany as well. But one of those bright and crunchy sort of things that are out there. And um, Falangina, which is a grape name. Uh, F-A-L-A-N-G-H-I-N-A. Falangina. From a cooperative called Cantina del Taberno. Uh, is fantastic and is not that expensive. And it's a screw top. <laughs> which honestly, the, thank, go. thank goodness, a lot of good things being made in screw tops now. Mm-hmm. Much easier not to go to the beach with a wine opener. And um, But that that would be a perfect sort of thing. You know, that's I, I wouldn't not look for... Th- th- there's, you don't need to avoid a screw top for any particular reason with wine unless it's something that you want to age for more than a year or two. Okay. Then, then I think that the bets change on what the result is going to be. So you wouldn't make a mixed drink because of the high alcohol content, I guess, then? Certainly make sangria. You know, that's... Yeah. Sangria I mean, it, really is fun, especially because it has so much fruit in it. And even that, I mean, the thing is, you you take your you pack your cups, you get your fruit ready to go. I mean, um, sometimes I'll make them. Let's say, coming in season at the same time, are peaches and blueberries, are terrific to have in there. Mm-hmm. You always need citrus juice in there. Um, but the peach, I puree some of that peach. Uh, add more slices of peach, blueberries. A little bit of cognac or another brandy, maybe a little bit of Cointreau to sweeten it up a little bit. Uh, if you want fresh mint or something like that, put it in there or steep rosemary instead, which I'm happy to oh, do a lot of times. Nice. But you take that sort of potion of juice and keep that separate from the wine. And then when you when you make your individual cups, go ahead and ice the cups. You know, Then go ahead, whether you're using a big carafe or something, to, to then add your potion and the wine to it or you do it cup by cup and for the reality is for kids you just can do it with you can do a potion without alcohol and it looks like they're having the same thing which is kind of a nice thing but uh, watermelons when they come make great sangria or just making the watermelon juice that's I will admit watermelon and and tequila and fresh citrus is a pretty good combination for a, a beach cocktail and pretty easy to deal with. What about Prosecco? Would you do that at the beach or not? It's tasty. It's tasty, sure. I mean, that's an easy, and, that's, and the alcohol is not so high on that. Okay. Prosecco is the grape. Uh, it's a sparkling wine from the Veneto uh, in the northeast of Italy, and it's always a little bit sweet. It's usually 15, 20 grams residual sugar. So certainly a good deal more than champagne. Um, some cava is almost as high as that. But it's a little bit sweet, and people like that to find that's a charming thing, and it's a good crowd pleaser. 
I think um, for something more of a bargain, uh, look for Conca, not Kaba, but Conca, C-O-N-C-A, which is a small number of higher quality growers of sparkling wine in Spain. I would look for that. But bubbles are bubbles get to you a little bit quicker, and that's for some reason I don't always want that in the sun. Yeah. Very refreshing, like clean rosé from Provence. Uh, very consistent, very good purchase. Commanderie, long silly name. Commanderie de la Bargemon, uh, that producer from Aix-en-Provence. The last four or five vintages have been terrific from them, and that is that classic light, clean, strawberry-scented, a um, little bit mineral, refreshing, tiny little bit bitter, uh, and bright from the acid, so it, it cleans your palate for food if you wanted to, but it's also just a nice cold drink, a nice to have very cold. So that's... Well, in that sort of an application, those are the things I think about. And talking about all that, you know, it is possible to grill out at the beach, which could be fun. You know, if you're in a park situation where they do have grills and you can get to them, uh, I think that would be, you know, that would be a great way to go because then you're cooking your food fresh and, and oh, yeah. um, you know, grill, there's grill so many things sim- you can Grill do. something simple that you don't bring a whole lot of other stuff, like the thing that you grill, the relish or whatever that you made. The veggie salad that's not a green salad that's going to sit there and wilt like crazy. Right, right. You know, whatever the dessert is is something easy to deal with. And if you're, what you're grilling is meat and you want red, bring a red that's something you can chill a bit and is not going to suffer from that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, some of the inexpensive Spanish garnacha or a monastrel. Those are terrific wines to have in those situations. They're wines that are 100% uh, garnacha, grenache, the grape. Um, from uh, Caranena, uh, from that area, are a great purchase and do well being a little bit chilled. So when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, we'll do a chef challenge that's going to involve something mobile. We're going to have to give each other situations, and we're going to have to come up with solutions with limited equipment to get a nice meal done. All of that and more on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPO. Welcome back to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And in this segment, we'll get into the chef challenge that we typically do. Hey, Tony, you know, I was thinking, um, what are some of the more unusual or great varietals or wines that people might not know that much about that might be great for the summertime? Well, is this is Falangina make you start thinking this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because Did, did not, you practice saying Falangina? No, I didn't in, in any way. Can you say Godejo? <laughs> Or Treshadora? Only if you spell it for or me first. Rune Vertina. Right. Okay. All right. Or maybe uh, Molotorgao or Silvaner. And those are all, to me, great summer wines. Okay. All built differently, all want different food, but all very clean. So I'll just, uh, th- and th- those are all whites. And they don't have to be a fortune. Um, Godejo, um, G O D E L L O, was a grape that was almost extinct in Spain. It was down to one grower only. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, about 1995 or so. Okay. And it's come back a good bit. It's they're from the grape is from Galicia, in north in the northwest of Spain, and uh, sort of like green Spain as far as like the 
not not that there's some political thing going on there. That <laughs> <laughs> it's that wetter part of Spain, I guess, basically. Okay. Um, but it's a grape a little bit like, here's using something obscure to describe something obscure. It's a grape a little bit like Tokai Frilano um, that you see in Friuli. It's got some body to it. It's definitely more like nutty than than immediately fruity. The fruit is almost like, say, the skin of a peach or a nectarine, that kind of thing. There is a little, when it ripens properly, there is a little of that that really pleasing fruit, but it has some restraint to it, you know? It's, it, it can be really beautiful. It loves crab meat. I was going to say, yeah, so what Maryland, food? Okay. In Maryland, it loves that's, that's crab great. meat. So that's an easy, like if you're making uh, the, the crab cake you described with the, with the avocado puree, that's a perfect wine for that sort of thing. So Godejo is that one. Trechadora is a little bit bigger body than that, also from Galicia a little bit fruitier than that. So if you're not, if something with a little bit more obvious charm, um, Trechadora is uh, T-R-E-I-X-A-D-U-R-A and uh, another one of these Galician grapes was not ever extinct. Sometimes you see it blended with Alborino in different places not far from the coast, uh, like in Ibera Sacra or, or, or some of these areas. But it's a little bit bigger body. It's a little bit fruitier. It's a little bit more obvious charm than Godejo. can take on things that are a little richer than that. So Godejo, it takes on the delicacy of crab well, think maybe shrimp, and that little bit more obvious sweetness of, of shrimp is or, a good is a good thing for Or maybe the lobsters from that area that have a lot of flavor, more strong than well, ours. Although those strong lobsters, they do better with reds, I swear, a lot of the oh, time. okay. Right. And honestly, I, I like mm. relatively young Crianza Rioja. For uh, those lobsters, especially if you're grilling it, or that's an easy, easy choice to go red with with the uh, with the stronger lobsters. Other grapes I've mentioned were all Middle European grapes, so Gruner Veltliner. And Gruner Veltliner is one of those things that has been in style in some cities around the U.S. Um, it's a grape from the Tyrol originally, uh, the Tyrolean Alps. The, not you know the, you see it all around the Dolomites, not the Wadagier. You see it all through Austria, uh, the Wachau, uh, the area, the growing area near the Wagram, about an hour away from Vienna is the best place for it for as far as concentration and intensity and a little bit of ageability. But Gruner, Gruner Veltliner is made in pretty much good quality to fantastic quality. There's very little lousy stuff. You can buy inexpensive things like a Pauli D, which sounds like a character from... Uh, you know, uh, Goodfellas or something. You, you can buy Poly D, uh, like liter sized bottles of Grunewald Liner hmm. for under $10 retail. Wow. And the wine is refreshing and bright and has appropriate varietal characteristics. So it has the white pepper and the green tea on the nose. It has that sort of like bergamot, that sort of like almost escaping you citrus fruit uh, on the palate, but very bright and, and works works very well as a, as a hot weather. Uh, Silvaner probably grows better. It's a it's a German grape that grows better on the Italian side of the border of the Trollian Alps. Uh, you see it from uh, Abbazzia and Novacella. You see you see Silvaner done very well in a handful of growers down in that area. Sometimes in Western Austria as well. Think very clean, very uh, 
what you wish Muscadet was, but Muscadet, to get good Muscadet in France, has gotten kind of expensive, which is an odd thing to me. The last one that I had mentioned was Muller Turgau. Muller Turgau is a little bit lighter body than Sylvaner. Sylvaner is sort of like Riesling without the zippy acid and the, and the big minerality, but it has similar structure. Um, Muller Turgau is built maybe more like Pinot Blanc. Um, and these are all wines that are relatively low in alcohol. So again, like hot weather, you want to drink more because it's refreshing, but it's not going to clobber you. And Muller Turgau, when it's good, uh, again, from some of the same regions, Muller Turgau can do very well with like surprisingly spicy food. And that's sort of like a little bit of a secret weapon for uh, for that sort of thing. Also very good with salty things. Like if you just want a, a plate of prosciutto and melon, Mm-hmm. That's a better match than a lot of sparkling wine is for that kind of thing. Right. So sounds good. So there's some ideas. Well, that sounds great, Tony. That's an exciting list. It's just making me thirsty. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I need snacks. I need interesting crispy white wines. Um, it, and by the way, almost all those things I mentioned are good soft-shell crab wines. Okay. Oh, we still have soft-shells going on. Yeah, that's great. All right. And so we, we've allowed extra time for the Chef's Challenge this week because... It's summer vacation, mm-hmm. and Cindy's going on vacation, <laughs> and as you might expect, she's going fishing. Oh, oh, goody. Okay. And she's gone to do some trout fishing. That sounds good. In Oregon. Ooh. Okay, fun. Okay, yeah. All right. So, okay. That's, that's the story, and you have, you're traveling with someone who is, can build a decent small wood fire for you. <laughs> You have. You mean I can't? <laughs> I'm certain that you could build a very large wood fire and burn the forest down. They oh, don't need help with that oh out there. Goodness. Thank you very much. Okay, all right. Allow me to continue. Mm-hmm. You have with you a small grill grate. Um, no water, but there's stream water nearby. No surprise, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a little kitchen kit um, with at least a decent knife. And you have one small pan. And you can't seem to find most of your other stuff. <laughs> That's just not possible. You have a few spoons. This is an unrealistic situation. And you have (laughs) today caught several fresh trout. Thank goodness. In fact, you're still in your waders. (laughs) New potatoes, Uh which you found at a little store along the way. Porcini mushrooms that you found at the same store that the guy said he'd gathered, which is pretty good luck for you. Yes. Fresh thyme. Okay. Fresh butter. Fresh butter. Yeah, fresh butter. Yummy. Okay. That's right. Day-old baguette, because mm-hmm. you didn't have any carbs yesterday. Okay. And spring onions that you found. That's funny. Okay. That you had to clean up in the stream real well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one pan. Okay, well, yep. I'm going to do potato encrusted trout. That's easy. So with my little... The trout will not fit in that pan. Thin. That's a small pan. Did you say that? What? what? That's a small pan. Oh, but I have a fire. You have a grill grate, and you have a fire. <laughs> All right, then I'll grill the trout. All right, so I have a small pan, so, so gonna, I'll boil the potatoes. So how's a grill grate going to be suspended over the fire? Are you going to hold it? What, it? what am I? What am I, a Girl Scout? I mean, <laughs> I have to figure this stuff out? What kind it's, of scenario is this? <laughs> it's your vacation choice. Okay, I don't know, but somehow magically the grill grate is going to work over the fire. What do you mean? I'll just find some wood pieces. No, maybe not. Rocks. I'll find some rocks and build my grill. Yeah, build cairns. Yeah. Yeah, so my grill will be working over my small fire, and Mm -hmm. I will grill my trout, and I will be boiling my potatoes. 
Mm. And the uh, water from the stream. That's right. Yes. You slog down there in your waders. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm i sure I have something that I can then put those potatoes in with... Um, well, I expect you have salt. With the butter. Yeah. So mostly those, even if I had, did I have a plastic bag? Yes. Okay. I have a plastic bag that I I'm going to boil my potatoes, or... drain. Well, you've told me all the other things that I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to drain the potatoes and um, I'm going to put those those potatoes with salt and the butter from the local farm in a bag and let them, and I'm going to tie that bag and I'm going to hold those while I then saute my mushrooms porcinis. You said porcinis, right? Porcinis, That's yeah. so this exciting. This is Oregon. It's going to happen. Yeah, this is going to be a delicious meal, actually. And so I'm going to grill the trout. Um, I'm going to put the spring onions over the grill as well and grill those. And I might slip them inside the cavity of the trout after I've um, removed. Well, you got to kill this trout first. You just caught him. Uh, so, yeah, I did that and I gutted it. Okay. <laughs> and I scaled it. Okay. Uh-huh. And I'm all ready to put the, right, the grilled green onions in it and grill it, which apparently I don't have any oil. So I guess I'm going to be rubbing butter over this trout and burning the butter on the outside of the, That's going to be tasting really good. Yeah. As long as it's not too close to fire. That uh, did you give good. me a bottle of wine for this? Uh, <laughs> do I have wine in the uh, forest? Oh, okay. It is Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And I will have... I have, we'll have Oregon red wine. It's probably dandy Pinot Noir from Wenderley or someone. Oh, that sounds good. And I've already used yeah. everything except for the Dale baguette, which I'll just slice and put on the grill with a little bit of butter and make toast points, and um, that'll be dinner. That sounds good. Porcini mushrooms, hot potatoes with good salt on them. Hot potatoes. Hot potatoes, grilled trout, grilled green onions, and toast points, baguette toast points. Yeah. And a little Wenderley Pinot. That and a little Wenderley Pinot. Okay. So Sounds good. That, Make sure you put that fire out. <laughs> I will, without a doubt. Um, so here's yours, Tony. And your situation is, since you like the beach so much, you're at the beach. Um, but I've you never been at the beach so much do, in my life. But you this do have a grill off in the distance. So you do have one of those kind of grill things that they have at the beach, and you're going to have to build your fire in that grill. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing and says you're at the beach like ground buffalo meat. <laughs> I thought you would like that. I do like ground buffalo. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's the beach, but there's like a there's a grill in the dunes, huh? Right, exactly. It's not convenient, okay. but it's there, and you don't have any charcoal. No charcoal, no lighter fluid, none of that stuff. Okay, so you have to start a fire. Right. With driftwood. Well, at least you don't have to build your grill. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have to go looking for matching stones to make cairns. Right. So I have to build a fire with driftwood then. I can't wait to see that. Me building a fire with driftwood? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll be great. You light it on fire. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you get to where you have embers, which is nice. So, and the other, you give me all kinds of stuff. So... And that's the only cooking apparatus, correct? Yes. All right. Do I have some kind of a pan or a sheet or anything that can go over top of that? No. All right. So you've given me, besides the ground buffalo meat, which says beets like nothing else in the world, um, you've given me (laughs) (laughs) a bunch of shrimp, I'm assuming, in the shells, whole lobsters, lump crab meat, 
lemon, lime, grapefruit, red grapes, watermelon, cantaloupe, tomato, romaine, lettuce, baby spinach. All right. Next door is olive oil, mayonnaise. Thought you were staying away from that today. I was. Mustard, basil, thyme, parsley, shallots. Well, the things that, that I want to grill are the shrimp and the whole lobsters, for sure. I want to grill both of those guys and chill them down and make a vinaigrette with the citrus and the uh, tomato, for sure, and a lot of the fresh basil. I think it would be fun to have, uh, if I had an egg yolk, I'd make that, then I'd make a proper aioli with all of that business and some of the shallot. Um, and have that when you can just kind of dip the shrimp and the lobsters in there. Assuming the sun is starting to go down now and you're not baking in the sun at that time of the day. Watermelon cantaloupe, that's just an easy eat on its own kind of a thing. That's dessert and that's perfect. The ground buffalo meat. Ground buffalo meat, I mean, you want to make burgers and you have red onion to serve on them, which is great. Romaine lettuce, baby spinach. The romaine, I, I want to grill the romaine a little bit and mark it up. Um, no buns for the, you just don't think in terms of sandwiches, do you? <laughs> Never, ever. So Uncle Bob's got to go to the store and get me buns for these buffalo burgers. Or I'm going to lock him out of the rental condo at the beach, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when he comes back, then uh, the mayo and mustard are mixed together. And serve that with the buffalo meat with the red onions and the grilled romaine. And then I've got left to me green onions, crab meat, red grapes, which for the crab meat, I want something for a salad. That's the thing that it could have been like a crab cocktail with a grapefruit. That might have been interesting. I just have part time. No, no, a little bit of the time in, in the buffalo burgers I can understand, but not time with crab. It's too strong. It's too much. Time is actually not terrible with lobster, and it might be fun to have it in the uh, cavity of those guys when, they, when they're grilling. But I'm a little bit short on the, uh, on the what to do with the crab meat in this situation because I really want to make some kind of a salad. or a, it, It's an hors d'oeuvre, or a, and baby spinach doesn't lend itself to wanting to be dressed with crab meat. I mean, I guess you could, in the most exotic sort of application, take the spinach leaves and, and have made... Uh, and, and take some of the lumps of crab and tie that, literally, with a red onion and put them on the grill for a moment and let that just sort of wilt and mm-hmm. get a snack out of that guy. But that's okay. that's a giant stretch. So what would you do with the crab meat if you had other things? I, w- I would like to make a salad with, uh, with a grapefruit and maybe a little bit of tarragon. I think that would be very interesting. And if you had, like, a little toast of some sort, whether it's brioche toast or... Some kind of little buttery toast for for that is very old fashioned sort of canapé, grapefruit and crab. Could be grapefruit and crab and and chive, grapefruit and crab, basil, but some kind of an herb, or even like a little bit of cucumber mayonnaise mm-hmm. um, on that little buttery toast. Especially if that was warm and everything else was cold, it would be super. And I need about forty bottles of the Falangina to drink all this <laughs> to drink with all this business. So there you have it. Is my beach cookout. Well, that's all we have time for on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. If you want to download this program or any of the others, please take a look at the WIPR website, wipr.org. 
and look for the podcast on the Foreman Wolf page. You can also email us, foremanwolf at wypr.org, with program ideas or questions. If you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media, you can follow me on Twitter, Chef Cindy Wolf, or on Instagram at Chef Wolf. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>